so in the middle of everything that's 2020 there are still some touchstones of modern american culture that remain constant like the great cathedrals of europe which thronged with pilgrims even during the height of the black death stands disney world Disney World. They're open, you know. And have been for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. We had that horrifying fucking opening uh, a few weeks back. Um, the one in uh, California still wasn't open. That's because, like, the governor directly spoke with the people at Disney and said, absolutely not. That's fucking dumb. Yeah, well, DeSantis DeSantis wants the tourism industry functional again, and if he has to kill a bunch of tourists, so be it. And um, you know, I'm a Floridian. Just, tourists aren't human. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so... there's just something really I don't know like surreal and oddly compelling about all this like everything from like how Disney World is basically an autonomous state in Florida that does whatever the fuck it wants and has its own like emergency services departments and everything um (laughs) I think they even have their own town don't they? Uh, yes, they actually have more than one. Um, they have like a planned community of their very own. Um, the park itself is technically incorporated into another town. Um, like I'm, I'm no Disney expert, but it's like it practically is an autonomous zone, like. Orange County, Osceola County, they they just let them do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Um, they don't have a choice, really. Um, but, like, even now, Orange... Like, Orange County, at least, like, Disney doesn't openly own Anaheim. No, no. Uh, wrong Orange County. You're thinking oh. of the one in... <laughs> You're thinking of the one in California. I'm talking about the one in Florida, which is oh, yeah. where all these parks are. Back in the Disney Free State. Yeah. Yeah. The Disney Free State. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, in this. Uh, uh, there was, like. So, there was a. Blah, blah. So, in the Free State, we had pretty bold like theme park journalists go in and write a thing about what it's like in disney world during covid and this is some really fucking trippy and eerie shit um (laughs) like yeah it it's kind of like you know a microcosm of what's happening to 
the whole country. Yes. Oh, geez. And um, it's worth noting um, that because the only real industry, um, you know, aside from like military shit, is um, <laughs> tourism at these fucking theme parks. Disney is actually the last one to open. All the others are open. They've been open for like a month or two um, as of the writing of that article. And like opening in mid June with, you know, how many actual hospital beds that Florida has open, which is not a lot. I think by that point they were already out. Yeah. So, yes, but, and we just get this like, it, I mean, the entire description is just it's some of the bleakest shit you've ever seen really it's like talking about people like see like openly saying well like coming to disney world actually feels safer than like going to target or staying home like it's I really think the only <laughs> it's uh... yeah i mean it's like i in the hell of it is, is I understand why they feel that way because it's like Disney is deadly serious about their pandemic measures. Um, and outside of the free state, um, not so much. Like you, you only have to, you don't even have to drive a mile out of Disney World to find places where, you know, no one's paying attention to, like, fucking mask orders or anything. Um, so, I mean, it's like, on in certain cases, it can actually be safer to going to um, that Target near your house where almost no one wears a fucking mask. This is fine. Everything about this is fine. Totally fine. <laughs> totally normal country. God damn it. No- nothing wrong with this. Nothing wrong with this totally, like, you know, cyberpunk, like, candy-coated dystopia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome um, to Chop Shop Economics. Jesus Fuck. We read this shit so you don't have to. <laughs> I miss Silver. Uh, with us today is Doc. Um, the two are still on hiatus. Sorry. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we can't, I guess we have to bite the bullet on this one. Yeah. Like, you know, we do give him a lot of shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And question his sobriety. Regularly. 
while recommending he, you know, either up the dosage or get another job or, you know, something. Yeah. But we here at Chop Shop Economics have to officially say that someone cue the music. Okay, Larry Kudlow was right about a thing. Oh, God. (laughs) That... Yeah. Yeah. For once, he was right about something. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what was he right about? Um, so, he as most people concluded by now, um, looked at the entire shit show that is everything since Congress failed to pass the COVID Relief Act and said, oh, we need to extend the enhanced unemployment benefits to stabilize the economy. I mean, he and he's right. I mean, it only took a week of them disappearing and kicking off a mat like an unprecedented wave of evictions. Yeah. To get there. But hey, he's right. <laughs> God damn it. So yeah. Basically they fucked up. They fucked up. We we talked about this last week when we weren't holding out much hope. Now we come to you with a bevy of very dubious executive orders uh, that may or may not actually hold up. Don't because Congress actually worked. Drop, yeah, and, and Congress just dropped the ball. They dropped the fucking ball. Like, there's no Aren't other they still way going to on say August, it. Aren't they still yeah. going on August recess? Yeah, they're in recess right now. Uh, mm, 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 yeah, sure. That's that's fine. Totally yeah. fine. God damn it. That's, yeah, no. Because it totally would not be the appropriate thing to do for the Speaker of the House to cancel the House recess and say we are remaining in session until this gets fixed. No. Mm. We can't even do something symbolic like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they just, they can't be bothered because it's not, it's not their problem. The only ones who give a shit don't really have the ability to sway Congress. Um, I mean. And the squad is like four people. Yeah, the squad is four verging on five people. Um, and they're all in the house, by the way, uh, which is the easier of the two branches to actually get stuff passed in. 
um, you know, Pelosi doesn't always get around to doing it, but it's at least I mean, she- theoretically pass- impossible to pass stuff in the house. And, and she did, in fairness, she did pass, like, their version of the next Relief Act back in May. But yeah. the thing, again, that's the problem, and we brought this up last week, is that she then proceeded to pr- continue as if everything was normal and not engage in the sort of parliamentary tactics that would have, you know, flipped the table on Mitch McConnell, like saying, okay, we're not passing anything else until this gets done. We're not passing the shit you like, either. Yeah. And it's like the purse... uh, The purse strings are controlled by the House. So... Like, you know, do do your fucking job. This should not be this difficult. Yeah. I mean, yes, the Republicans are being completely irresponsible elitist pricks about this of course they are the the leopards eat people's faces party come on yes it's yeah and you know because of all this um a lot of the stuff we talked about in the premium episode, which you can find on our Patreon. Um, yeah, we're finally going to start pushing our fucking Patreon. It's it's about time. I need a new mic. Um, the doc probably needs a new set of headphones. We need an equipment budget, people. Um, <laughs> you know. um, yeah, yeah. Podcasting I- ain't cheap. Big it's shout cheap, out, by the but way, not to that our, cheap. Yeah, <laughs> B- big shout out by the way to our patrons who have just put us into paying for SoundCloud. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. That was fucking awesome. Um, if we can get some more, um, you know, maybe we can get me a better mic, and maybe I can finally record downstairs. Without all the fucking hassle. Ugh, God. Um, but yeah. So back to DC. Back to DC. Um, the thing it is, is it already feels like we did that episode on Friday, and, you know, in just two days, like, things get worse like it feels almost like the episode is stale now <laughs> and it's it's not I, I that's just how I feel it feels it's silly so... to say that but yeah because this is so <laughs> dumb it's so like for about five minutes Trump looked like he was doing a thing and then like you know, reporters did a, some journalisms and when, oh, this is actually all bullshit. There's no substance to the executive, the memorandum, by the way, uh, recommending the CDC consider recommending an eviction moratorium. 
There's a lot of words in there between <laughs> memorandum and <laughs> eviction moratorium. Um, a lot of very important words there. Uh, <sighs> or that the unemployment money that it would give out would require mechanisms that won't be ready for months. Yeah. And of course an idiot. (laughs) 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 And the, and the people around him are a bunch of of fucking suck ups. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's mm. it is so fucked. Um, I don't. I mean, when has Trump ever taken this shit seriously? The Republicans in general just don't take any of this seriously. Mm-mm. No. Um. And then there was the saga of a certain school in Georgia. Um, you might see it on social media. Um, but the whole story has pretty much played out. And it's it's more than a bit of a trip. So take it away. Yeah, so everyone remembers that picture that went viral on social media within about three seconds of the crowded school hallway. So there's Mm -hmm. a much bigger story behind it. Like, as according to, like, BuzzFeed and several other outlets since then, um, that photo was genuine and was taken in, like, a Georgia high school. um, And the student who took that photo was subsequently suspended by the administration, who then pronounced that there would be a new policy where any student who posted anything on social media that was critical of the reopening of the school would be suspended. Um, Which, you know, if you stop and think about that, that actually becomes a problem that solves itself right there. Um, Just take pictures of your school, post them on social media, and you'll all be online because everyone's fucking suspended. Um, Uh, but it seems someone in the administration stopped and thought about it and went like oh shit that might actually something like that might just happen they rescinded the suspension um and now they're going completely online starting next like in the coming week Hmm. (laughs) yeah um yeah it was a shit show and then you had a second grade class in another Georgia school basically all forced in, into quarantine after a single day. <laughs> um, the teal deer is, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. <laughs> and at this point, there's no fucking excuse. We know this is a bad idea. Like, Sweden not locking down saw Sweden get, like, the highest mortality rates in Europe. Um, Israel reopening the schools because Netanyahu's trying to save his ass and his government caused a massive spike in COVID cases in Israel. So, 
This is all. These are all things that have happened at least a month ago. So there's really no excuse by any public official or Bill fucking Gates to think that reopening schools is a good idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we all. Frankly, we all knew that this was a stupid fucking idea, and they still went with it. Just mm, absolute bird brains. And, Swear to and, God. And you've got like, well, like in the like Derek talked about in the special episode on uh, like what's going on with the school reopenings. There's teachers that are that saw this like, the reopening's coming, and they took the opportunity to retire and just leave the profession completely. Um, and others were being told to, like, just update their wills and... Yeah. Just fucking <laughs> awful shit like that. That this is... Everyone knew this was a bad idea. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's just, there's no other way to say this. Um, like, this is... Well, and the other thing is that I understand why they're pushing for it. Because, basically, this country does not believe in health care. It also does not believe in child care. Um, and... The thing about that is that we've essentially pushed the entire responsibility for childcare onto the primary and secondary schooling system. And um, when they're not available, um, yeah. <laughs> that means the worker drones are not as, you know, capable of being viciously exploited because they have to actually maintain some level of bandwidth for their kids yeah like it gets to the point where like one or well one parent has to stay home um to take care of the kids and you know that's not really practical um that's not a very practical thing um, in a lot of places because, you know, I don't know if you've priced an apartment lately, but um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is this is what we're looking at. And it's like they want uh, they basically told all of us to go back to work and if it's our kids holding that up um i don't personally have any but i'm told other people do um they are supposed to be sent to school to you know handle the whole not having child care infrastructure thing um yeah i mean yeah Caught between a rock and a hard place. Like, 
Oh, but that that still doesn't justify opening the schools up. It's just, you know, because DC doesn't want to... It doesn't want to give people any money for work, uh, for, you know, not working. Yeah, because um, the only way that's acceptable in American politics to compel productivity is by labor discipline. Yeah. So... Let's like not give workers the idea that the state could actually intervene in their lives in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. The Yeah, your school exists, but it exists to basically turn your kids into um worker drones for a older century that no longer exists. Um and when it goes out, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. And it's just... All of this shit that's come in the wake of COVID is... as it's, it's, it's not the only thing that's doing it, but it's forcing the contradictions to the surface. It's, the reason yes. this shit is so systemic is... Like, you're not seeing similar break degrees of social breakdown in social, like, democratic states who, granted, have plenty of their own problems, like Germany, but are at least, you know, largely functional. Like, even Italy, after having a pretty ferocious outbreak, is mostly okay, all things considered. It's like, it's not really, it's not necessarily Italy's fault. Italy just basically got overwhelmed. Um, and they've got their own dysfunctional politics, but, you know, at least they have the idea that uh, the government is, in fact, supposed to take care of at least some of this. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, they can and should tell you to stay the fuck home. It's not, uh, it's not that important if widgets go out. I'm sorry, but mo- the vast majority of the time, it just isn't. Yeah. there. We knew there were ways to do this that would have worked much better. Like, policymakers had other options. So, And they've completely bungled relief, and they're pushing kids back into schools dangerously. So, you know... Yeah. That fucking white horse play cult shit is kinda on all of them. Yeah. Ah, on to the red horse. TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Tick- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Technically, they also ta- banned WeChat, too. So first, Trump takes away the Zoomers' summer vacation. Then he effectively obliterates their first year away at college. And now he's getting rid of TikTok. Yes. Um, basically, there's an executive order out to basically block... Um, and keep in mind, I can't really describe this very well because the executive order is 
it is actually quite vague. Um, it's not vague at all in like its enforcement provisions or anything, but like what it what the fuck it's supposed to be targeted at. I've read it a few times and I still have no idea. Um, it's. I mean, what it has done is it's triggered, like, a rush of, like, first Microsoft and then um, Twitter getting Twitter involved in, like, at least expressing interest in some kind of, like, bidding war over the U.S. portions of TikTok. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I understand why, you know, why Twitter wants to make that play, but they can't. They don't have the... Buying out the U.S. operation would cost them um, as much as they're worth, basically. Yeah. Um, And and it's sort of questionable as to whether or not any of this is even legal, so... Yeah. I mean, TikTok has already filed suit, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so has WeChat for that matter. And there's no way that like John Roberts and the rest of the Federalist Society gang on the Supreme Court are going to violate the sanctity of the contract over this. Yeah. Um, there was kind of a scare that they were going to also take away uh, Fortnite and such. But <laughs> there has been subsequent con- uh, confirmation that they're not targeting everything that Tencent does just in relation to their WeChat um, program. Also, probably because someone at the CIA went, sir, do you really want to start the Fortnite revolution? Yes. Yes. Do you want to start the Zebellion right now? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this would be... This would be something we normally would, like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) this is something we would um, tempt a government we didn't like into doing (laughs) to destroy them. Are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) Yeah. Because this this weapon of regime change has worked. (laughs) Yeah, this was just, yeah, it was... And, you know, the whole thing with WeChat is, it's like, it's the Chinese chat service. Um, And basically, how to put this? Um, I have to say, it sounds a lot like xenophobia. Um, Like, there's no two ways about it. Um, like, I I don't pretend to understand how a national security ghoul thinks, so. I understand that, you know, they think they're a threat, but, you know. Well, and it's, the whole thing is also, like, has the vibe of Trump is trying to score an easy win on China. Because he's been trying to, like, like he did in the, um, Axios interview. I made it, like, Mm -hmm. 16 minutes. Um... (laughs) Like, is still trying to blame China for coronavirus. And going after TikTok is, like, more of this, like... I think he's 
trying to come up with some kind of distraction with this because this is just really dumb and isn't like at the end of the day all it's going to really do is force a lot of tech companies to like whip their dicks out and then we'll see who actually has money yes i mean um odds are pretty decent that tiktok will find a buyer within the time frame they need um but i'm not sure if the agreement is basically i don't know if it's like if it needs to be an agreement in principle or if the due diligence has to be done as well because there's no way you're gonna do due diligence in 45 fucking days um, yeah. yeah. Like, I suspect it's going to be agreement in principle, and then, you know, when Biden gets in, he's going to just quietly drop the whole thing. I mean, um, because it's embarrassing. Because he'll have other mind. things to um, worry about. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's worth remembering that these got, like, these companies really aren't in a position to afford um, expanding right now. Like, yes. this is the worst time to be making such a massive play for any business. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like you're you're essentially asking someone to buy a social media app site unseen for a fuckload of money um, because you're you're trying to buy out the entire ByteDance stake. You're not just trying to buy like you know um, a seat on the board or something. You have to like buy the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's <clears throat> It's more like stupid Trump shit, and it's more just stupid shit that's, you know, it'll, it will be like footnotes in a history book, really. Um, unlike, you know, anyway. what's going on in Fort Hood. Um, oh, God. Eight people dead so far. Um, yeah, the... The base at Fort Hood is just having a totally normal one. Um, lots of sexual harassment complaints. And so far, eight deaths that can be reasonably attributed to foul play. Um, in one particular case, in a recent case, um, two people were arrested for murder. And mutilating corpse. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad that the Secretary of the Army has publicly admitted that Fort Hood has the worst sexual harassment and murder rates in the U.S. Army. Yeah. And it's like... It's really fucked up. It's just... It's just super fucked up. Um, we'll have a link in the description for the article, but it's just... 
it's like, you know, eight people don't just, like, die on a military base without something um, deeper going on. Yeah. Um, I'm not it, saying that, like, there's, like, a serial killer running loose because, um... Or, you know, Jason. But... <laughs> Yeah, it feels very much like they built that on what was supposed to be Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that or, you know, we could do the old, like, native burial ground trope here, but that would explain a lot about the U.S. Um, I mean, the whole U.S. is a Indian burial ground, so, you know, let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. So, and we kind of alluded to this in the um, Doomsday special, that one possible reason why the military is hesitant to get involved in domestic politics is because this is not unique in terms of, like, being symptoms of some serious dysfunction and problems within the armed forces. Of just, like, regular function kind of things. People being overworked, like, eight murders on base, you know, as you do. Indeed. Like, ships crashing into each other, like the Bonhomme Richard. This is, you know, these are things that are suggesting there's something deeply, like, structurally wrong in... A couple of branches of the armed forces at this point. Yes. And the Forever War has not been kind to them. No. I mean, that's part of why they're pushing the F-35 so hard. Um, airframes get used up. Um, even the unpressurized ones, like um, jet fighters. And, you know, bits start falling off. Um, and so they want a new shiny plane, even if it doesn't fucking work, because um, at least it doesn't have any hours on it. Yeah. So this is, you know, these are these things are important in the circumstances we're going into. Um, and yeah. especially with, you know, what's gone down in Portland. Hi. Here's the lead shit. Here we come. Um, would you mind briefly uh, explaining that reference? Because oh yeah, I so noticed on the Discord a couple of people were unfamiliar with it. So if it oh yeah, and, and we have you know. like name dropped this a few times, so we should probably define it. Um, so so the years of lead is a reference to like the level of political violence that basically ran rampant in Italy throughout the 1970s. Um, and it's just this absolute like shit show of everything from mob bosses, whacking anti-mafia activists to members of like people connected to like Italian police and security services engaging in like assassinations of left-wing figures, as well as some instances of like the, um, what's it like the red army faction in Italy 
actually managing to shoot back and engage in their own like instances of like retaliatory violence um although there's also like some allegations that uh some of these instances may have actually been um false flags by far-right forces and basically a bunch of former fascists were running amok on the italian left for about a decade with you know help from the cia care of operation gladio so you know yeah yeah so if you like hear about gladio this is part of what they're talking about the years of lead um and so obviously that's really fucking concerning um so the incident we're talking about um Last night, well, the night before, um, I, uh, how to how to put this? Um, late night, August seventh, our time. Um, <sighs> there was a um, a certain Navy SEAL. Um, running around throwing pipe bombs. Yeah. Um, he, he's kind of been under the radar for a lot of people, um, but this guy is seriously unhinged. He has already been doxxed. Um, we're not going to say his name on here for obvious reasons um but the tweets that out this motherfucker are still up they are not hard to find if you see this guy you know be careful be careful um but yeah basically he was tossing around pipe bombs at um uh, during um, a recent protest um, a couple nights ago. Uh, it was mostly aimed at like protesters, streamers, press, that kind of thing. Um, but they didn't get far before, you know, they were spotted and, um, you know, they got pictures of them and all that fun stuff. Um, there was a couple of them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really, really fucked. Uh this is something I kinda wish we had Saint Helen here to explain, but you know. Hiatus. We miss you. Um Does that cover it or Yeah, I mean it's it's I mean this is the like we've mentioned this before and this is because you know a level of violence comparable to the years of lead is sort of the low end of what we're expecting for the next decade in the u.s so yeah this is this is like yeah this is kind of indicative of where things are going like things are already starting to escalate fortunately this guy didn't know what he was doing as far as pipe bombs go um, they're not as easy as the old text files say they are. Um, 
and it basically just uh, blew out its end caps. But it could have been really bad. Um, yeah. And basically, um, we can expect more of this shit coming to a neighborhood near you. Um, yeah. So, all that stuff. Far- we, we got the <laughs> coming down the clip. This more black horse supply chain shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um COVID outbreaks are getting pretty out of hand, especially um in the Central Valley of California. Um would you care to go into it a bit? Yeah, so that this is like a major agricultural region that's pretty critical for, you know, make like both US food supply and exports. And because agricultural workers have been considered essential labor from the beginning, and a lot of people who work are like regular like day laborers in the valley are undocumented and basically get completely treated like shit and taken for a ride and labor rights are completely disregarded, there probably hasn't been any real like enforcement of these health like and safety things that they're supposed to be doing. So now you have just, like, COVID rampantly running amok in these communities. And this is meaning there's a lot of workers who are now, you know, basically down for the count. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, And this is just as, you know, the Wall Street Journal reports that farm bankruptcies are spiking in spite of federal aid oh yeah um it's like a lot of these farms were doing badly before um but yeah um it's like this takes things from you can hang on by the skin of your teeth to no you're you're fucked. It's over. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose your land, um, or worse. Exactly. This is all ending. That this is all these things accumulating, and the fact that these like U.S. agriculture, particularly in the Central Valley, depends on a very Jim Crow ish system of exploiting undocumented labor and. Uh, low wage, highly unsecure seasonal labor, anything that's hitting a workforce that's already like on the brittle edge is going to have is all and not just going to have is already having serious consequences for things like food production. Yeah, and like the solvency of American agriculture. Yeah, and it's just everything. Everything that can go wrong kind of is um, for the industry. Um, And that's kind of why we're worried about famine because of the whole, um, you know, we didn't, 
what we did plant, we had to plow under because there was no market. The you know supply chains were aligned incorrectly. All that voodoo shit to tell you that um, yeah, they're they're doing that whole Great Depression shit all over again. Um, food yeah. everywhere, but you can't have it because it's not profitable to sell it to you. It's like, hey, let's mm-hmm. just you know rehash the potato famine here while also creating circumstances that are actually constricting the food supply yeah and on top of that let's let's send all these workers to their deaths to their yeah. possible deaths but you like know, and this you only had to be unlucky once and, and this was one of those things that was in the relief bill that didn't happen was farm aid specifically for this reason And it it does have to be noted that they did give quite a bit of aid already. It's just... They need more. These yeah. guys are leveraged up to their eyeballs. Past their eyeballs. A lot of these people were fucking drowning. Yeah. Um, this is... Yeah. You know. But hey, if you haven't spent your Trump bucks yet... It's only like $1,200 to build a guillotine in Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the like five people out there, this applies to. <laughs> ah! God damn it. And there comes the pale horse. Ah, Lebanon. Just what a yeah. shit show. <laughs> yeah, talking like twenty Oklahoma City bombings in one blast. Yep, all because someone left twenty-seven fifty <laughs> tons of ammonium nitrate. <laughs> Decomposing for six years. How do you lose a warehouse full of fertilizer? That literally smells like shit. How? <laughs> I, I laugh because I want to scream. It's just... It was hard enough that people thought it was, an, it was a nuke. Um, which was silly. Um, though there are nukes that go as small as 1.1 um, Oh, Trump even tried to blame this on terrorism for five seconds before the rest of the world went, sit down! Yeah, yeah. And it's only made the unrest in Lebanon worse. Um, protesters have overrun several... Um, ministries um since we are hilariously unqualified to speak to lebanese politics um we won't go into further detail but what you need to know is that 
Things are not good there. Things are a fucking mess. <laughs> and there's been continuous street demonstrations for the last several months that have so far, like, forced a government into resignation. And oh, yeah. now those demonstrations have been, like, exceeded in size and scope by the new ones that happened after this detonation, not just because a lot of people died and this is colossally stupid, but because the blast basically destroyed the port of Beirut, which is responsible for 90% of Lebanon's, like, trade with the outside world. Yeah. It is their only Category 4 port. Um... It's not uncommon for a country to only have one such port, but I mean, if you've seen the satellite photos, uh, yeah, that the port is not coming back anytime soon. It's just not. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's a huge fucking crater where um, dockyards should be, and it's a complete fucking mess. It's going to take at least a year to fix that shit. <laughs> Assuming massive outside aid is immediately forthcoming. Um, yes. Um, which is, yeah, I don't want to touch on that too much. But um, things are a the- mess right now um, with their internal I- politics. <laughs> Like, and really the only thing that we can that we are qualified to comment on with this is this pattern is one that's been repeating itself several times within the last decade and is in the process of ramping up in a lot of places of you oh yeah already have, Lebanon is not unique yeah like where you already have a mass like dissident movement that is engaging in sustained street action for one reason or another then you have economic disaster which kicks everything into overdrive and i mean they've already fired some high-ranking official and i think the prime minister's probably this next prime minister is probably going to be out the door pretty soon so you know yeah (laughs) just just putting that out there Um, and half a world away, the Canadian ice shelf, um, the last one, uh, just collapsed three days ago. Yeah. August 6th. Press F. Because, yeah. These kind of events are happening more frequently because climate change is starting to pick up momentum. Yep. As every model has predicted. Mm-hmm. It is... It is fucked. <laughs> so, you know... Get in on the ground floor with Aquaman, I guess? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, do something so that at least there's going to be, like, something resembling 
public policy that isn't based on kill the fucking poors and save the Disney free state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's just... Yeah. I mean, these, these things have been here for like several hundred years. And now they're just gone. These are holding up huge amounts of water that are necessary for, you know, keeping sea levels where they are. Mm-hmm. And not fucking with, you know, weather patterns. Yep. So, yeah. At, at this point, it's mitigation. But, you know, we can still do that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, um... That brings us to capitalist hell. Oh, Where that yes. is possible. <laughs> so... Do, do, do. Wow. Oh, yeah, so... Yeah. Okay, so... As of, um, this was reporting on August 8th, there were mass marches throughout the United Kingdom by NHS staff, um, the NHS being the National Health Service, um, who have been basically, uh, as Boris Johnson has encouraged everyone to take it on the chin with COVID, um, they have been basically slogging through this with insufficient PPE, insufficient gear, um, and, you know, suffering from wage cuts and all kinds of other shit for years because of, you know, Tory fucking stupidity and greed. Um, they, in response, you have NHS, blah, 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 blah. um, so NHS workers have finally just had enough and are mar- have marched throughout the UK demanding an end to pay inequality and actually, you know, pay raises and res- restoring funding and getting to a level that, you know, can actually cope with COVID. Yes. It's the whole thoughts and prayers thing. Tories and- just they don't give a shit. All they've done, literally all they've done is encouraged. I mean, and, and not saying this by itself is a bad thing, but literally all they've done is encourage people to basically like lean out their windows and clap once a week for frontline medical workers. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, yeah. that will pay the rent. And don't you know you can pay. <laughs> I mean, don't you know you can um, survive just on a week's worth of clapping? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it pays the bills. Yeah. Just so, like yeah. stock options and exposure. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, people have been rightly taking to the streets. And they're pushing back. And these are the people who are in the most immediate line of fire. Like... This is supposed to be the most impossible sector for mass action to be happening in during COVID for very obvious reasons. And yet. Here we are. 
here we fucking are. <sighs> this is, yeah. <laughs> They're really, they really, really are fucking around. It's, and they're finding out. Mm-hmm. Like, people will... And remember, this is the same UK that was basically browbeaten into running away from Jeremy Corbyn because he was some kind of, like, Czech spy, IRA agent, terrorist, communist, going to take your toothbrush Super like antichrist. <laughs> Don't fucking know. I mean, not even like, you know, a year ago. And now you're having this kind of mass militancy happening mm-hmm. across the entire country. And there's been things like rent strikes and all kinds of other shit going down. So. Um, actually cut this really quick but maybe I should reach out to some people and ask for interviews about that anyway cutting back in okay bless you Um, meanwhile the California AFL CIO has disassociated from uh, the police and border patrol unions um, the resolution is basically the first one in the nation passed by a state's AFL-CIO board um, and basically um, they're saying they're going to be um, dissociating from from these unions uh the police unions, the board patrol unions, um, and expel any member or affiliate who is a member of any fascist or white supremacist organization or member of affiliate who pursues policies and activities directed towards the purposes of any fascist or or white white supremacist ideology. Yeah. Um, This, this shit is really lit. Like, it doesn't just go, like, yeah, fuck fascists and we're kicking the pigs out. It also, like, has shit, like, we'll continue to build and support the movement for income and equal- income equality by confronting racial and economic injustice. It commits to vanquish oppression, authoritarianism, and cruelty in all their form. Like... Yeah. <laughs> They're going pretty I, fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. This is pretty, like, <laughs> like, I would expect this from the Longshoremen. Yeah. I, I could see the Teamsters, like, twisting Hoffa Jr.'s arm into something like this. An entire and... state labor federation? <laughs> yeah. Uh, incidentally, in the same article, um... The Chicago teachers' strike um, that they were threatening um, has paid off, um, and they will be transitioning to all remote learning. So, <laughs> yeah, direct action gets the goods. Hell yeah! Um, uh, you know, 
And this, I mean, granted, there still are unions like the SEIU who have organized some police departments. So the California AFL-CIO kicking out the police unions doesn't get rid of all cops in the labor movement in California. But this is like, this has never happened in American history before. Yeah. Yeah, it's really frustrating um, that this has been tolerated for so long, but hell yeah. Yeah, and, and not only are they doing it, they're rolling pretty hard while they're doing it. Like, you can kind of almost hear, like, something uh, swelling, like something building on... We've already seen a record number of wildcat strikes since George Floyd's execution, and before that, a record number since COVID started and the lockdowns began. Hmm. Um, so finally, um, you want to handle this one? So this has just hit, um. Twitter, and the news about this is just starting to come out, there has been a ma- like massive outbreak of demonstrations throughout the country of Belarus. Um, the largest being in Minsk, the capital of the country, but 12 other like major cities are also seeing similar mass demonstrations. And we're seeing like, you know, the whole thing of the cops coming out and tear gassing and shooting at people and then denying that they fired explosives into that crowd of civilians. Like, you know, they've been doing pretty much everywhere. Um, And this is like, there's a level of escalation that a international journalist who have been covering this haven't really seen before in Belarus. Um, and these demonstrations don't look like they're slowing down and they're managing to get some of their own media out in spite of things being pretty locked down. Hmm. <sighs> and, and they're practically a province of Russia, or at least they're treated as such by the Russian government. So, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it was to the point where I mistakenly placed uh, Minsk in Russia, um, even though I should probably know better. (laughs) I mean... Um, (laughs) I mean, not for lack of trying on, you know, Russia's part. Yeah, And, and, and Belarus is another country that has had, like, along with the United States and Brazil and the United Kingdom... And Sweden's spectacularly awful COVID response from the government. Um, like, we've had, like, the president of Belarus, like, jumping in with Trump recommending bleach um, <laughs> by saying, oh, yeah, just drink vodka. It totally cures it. Um, and being incredibly flippant and disregarding of the public health risk. 
while doing the usual like trying to get people to come out and work and being an authoritarian corrupt awful fuckhead for several decades so you know totally no parallels to anything anywhere it's worth noting that our source for this is a little dodgy um I don't know if you've looked at his profile. It's, um, I mean the <laughs> the usual um, like gray zone weirdos would completely flip their shit over it, but like, um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like it is happening. I don't know what the official American response is going to be or what the mainstream media response is going to be. Um, I think but, the like U.S. government is a little busy not tripping over their own dicks to be getting involved in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And, you know, there are those demonstrations happening in the Russian Far East that have so far gone on pretty much unchecked. So, this is... (laughs) Hell yeah. Regardless of your opinions of Putin, or the fact that he is a, you know, petro-state oligarchic prick, um, (laughs) ex-KGB asshole, who, like, kept all the bad things of the KGB... In the new yeah. government, um, is supposed to be untouchable, but we're seeing like massive revolt on his doorstep. We're seeing growing de- like demonstrations in a part of the country that's mostly been left to its own devices on this, which is kind of interesting. There's yeah. all like you know, George Floyd and everything since then in the US, like, this is kind and like, the NHS workers marching in the UK, like, there is, like, a very definite sense of that people have reached something of an unspoken consensus of how much shit they're going to put up with. Like, regardless of the specific politics, like, it's safe to say that there is there is a certain sense of there is a line that people are not going to be pushed over. And that line is pretty far removed from where the powers that be want people to be. Yeah. Shit's kicking off. That's amazing to see ah, anyway this is Chop Shop Economics we read this shit so you don't have to good luck out there bye everyone <laughs>